This is Be Hoop Travel, the podcast. Hey, folks, this is Brian. This is Mr. Be Hoop. Thank you so much to all the folks that have sent me a message or given me a call to tell me how much they enjoyed the first podcast. That means the world to me. It's such a good feeling when someone tells you how much they enjoy your work, especially when it's a passion project, especially when it's a creative thing. So thank you so much. It means I'm on, it, it makes me feel on top of the world. So thank you again for taking the time out to check out the podcast. And again, the, the commitment still stands. I'm going to continue to do the kind of engaging, insightful, humorous, and most importantly, the inspiring content that I set out to do that is really the, the foundation um, of be Hoop Travels. And, and again, and please bear with me because there, I'm still a tad bit nervous. I did listen to the last podcast and my voice sounded crazy on the first part. I was like, who is that guy? I wouldn't hang out with a person and talk that way. Um, I am quite critical of myself and it's difficult. And I think we all go through that when you hear your voice on TV or on a recording or something. You don't think you sound the way that you actually do. Uh, But on the second part of the podcast, I could notice that the the sound of my voice was a bit different, which sounds much more in alignment with the way that I think my voice sounds. So I'm going to attribute the first segment of the podcast to me being a little bit nervous and not knowing how to maneuver the microphone, figuring out the most appropriate way to speak through the microphone. So again, bear with me with that regard. I'm going to get this thing right. Uh, But again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It means the world to me. Now, the first thing that we're going to talk about today on podcast deuce on podcast do is things that can get you arrested in another country. Now, I know that's a bit of an uncomfortable, unnerving thing to think about when you're in a foreign country. Uh, I mean, nobody wants to go to jail here or anywhere else. Uh, Thankfully, in my 42 years, I have not gone to jail. Uh, I plan on keeping it that way. I have an irrational fear of being locked up. Um, I don't even like being in a room with all the doors closed. So I've got some sort of claustrophobia thing going on. Uh, for sure. But yeah, there, there are things that you can get arrested in other countries that you wouldn't get arrested for here or you wouldn't have committed a criminal act here. And some of these things are pretty minor. Um, a lot of times they are these freedom of speech things that uh, are often shocking and concerning for especially from folks from the U.S. where we pretty much say what we want um, without having to go to jail for it. But I'm citing a Cosmopolitan article. Now, I'm not a Cosmo guy, and if you are a Cosmo guy or girl, that's fine. Um, that, that's, that's cool. Uh, but I don't normally read Cosmopolitan magazine, but I did come across this article discussing this very topic here. And I felt like they did a pretty good job talking about all these different ways that you can get in trouble abroad. Now, there's a whole line of, of articles and content on the web that are dedicated to this type of thing. But I'm going to focus on what I read on this Cosmo article. And the first thing that 
I came across, uh, or the first thing that they list actually, is something that happened to a woman in Dubai. Now, if you keep up with this kind of thing, Dubai is often a place where people get caught up, Americans, particularly Westerners, get caught up in some criminal stuff because they simply didn't know that it was against the law. So remember, when you enter into another country, you are subject to their laws. And the U.S. laws do not protect you. The fact that you have an American passport does not protect you. All that does is that allows you to get in touch with the American embassy and someone from the embassy will come out if you are locked up and talk to you and try to help you through this process, um, making sure that you are okay and that you aren't being abused, but they cannot get you out of jail. That's not what they're there for. And they do not provide legal representation. You have to figure out a way from jail in a foreign country to come up with uh, legal representation. So this is the, the reason that I'm bringing it up is I want people to know everything. I want you to be fully informed about this kind of thing. A lot of times people go to all these places and they're just not aware of what can get you in trouble. But back to this first thing that I want to talk about. So this this lady, this lady from England goes to Dubai and she's going to some funeral, I believe a funeral for her ex-husband and she's with her kid. Whenever she gets to Dubai, they arrest her because she called her ex-husband, her ex-husband's new wife, a horse. She was like, you look like a horse. I think the words were, I hope you go under the ground, you idiot. Damn you. You left me for this horse. So apparently old boy cheated on this lady and she's as rightfully so a little mad about a little bitter about it. So she called the new lady a horse and apparently speaking, uh, calling people names on social media. She did this on social media on one of her accounts and she is jailed under the cybercrime law, which means you could be jailed or fined for making defamatory statements. And defamatory is like this uh, amorphous word because it could, you know, mean a lot. So there are lots of nuances to the idea of what defamatory might be. And there's all probably this case law in that particular country that lays out what they decide is defamatory. So this stuff can get kind of complicated. So anyway, they lock her up and... She posted this in England. She wasn't even in Dubai. She showed up to Dubai and they arrested her. Now, I don't know the details on how they this information was made available to the authorities. I'm not really sure, but she uh, could be sentenced up to two years and fined uh, 50,000 pounds, which is, I think, probably about $100,000 or more if my exchange calculation is correct. So that's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And everybody's going to Dubai. I think it's important to know everybody has this desire. It's very trendy and it's very popular to go to Dubai. I haven't been to Dubai. I don't have a particular interest in going to Dubai, but people are doing it. And if you're doing it, you need to listen and you need to research. Don't listen to me so much. I think you should do your own research and you should figure out what's acceptable. Now, chances are you're going to go to Dubai and have a good time and not get in trouble. But at the same time, there are rules out there that are pretty tight, that are pretty strict. 
that could get you some trouble that you might not know about. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's something to think about. So the other one is talking about chewing gum. And I've always heard about in Singapore, they do not play with chewing gum. I don't think you can buy gum in the store. It's now on, a, on another note, I heard Singapore is extremely clean, efficient and organized, but you cannot <coughs> chew gum. There is an exception. You can chew for therapeutic, dental, or nicotine gum, but it must be brought from a doctor or a registered pharmacy. So you can't buy it on the checkout counter at the corner grocery store. You got to get it from a pharmacist. And according to this, anybody that's caught selling the gum, unauthorized gum, can be fined $100,000 US or go to prison for two years. So don't even bring gum with you to the country. I know that's crazy to think about. Um, don't bring gum with you if you're going to Singapore. Bottom line, don't chew gum because you can get in some trouble. And this just reminded me of a friend, a friend of mine who had gone to Australia and she had, I believe, a fruit roll up and she put the fruit roll up in her purse, deplaned, went through customs and they saw that she had the fruit roll up and they gave her a really hard time about the fruit roll up. So there are lots of rules, a lot of agricultural rules, even in the U.S. pertaining to the kind of fruits and plants that you might bring in. Um, out of fear that you could be bringing in some sort of uh, bug or something diseased that will affect the agriculture in that particular country. So they're protecting protecting us from some sort of, I believe the word is bio, they use the word bioterrorism uh, to explain what it is they're protecting us from. So yeah, no gum in Singapore. All right, let's see what else we got. I'm not... There are about 20 of them. I'm, I'm not going to go through all 20 of them. But this one, uh, met, I've always worried about, you know, medicine. Um, for a while, I was taking some meds and I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, is this okay for me to bring? And I packed it in my bag and never declared that I had it to someone. Um, you know, and I didn't get in trouble or anything. And I think the medicine that I had was fine, but yeah. So let's go over some of the meds that are banned or illegal in other countries. So Japan, which we were in Japan, my wife and I were in Japan, uh, not too long ago. So any medication containing pseudophedrine, I probably butchered that up pretty nasty, but pseudo pseudophedrine this would be good to have my wife around because she can she's a medical person she knows how to to say these kind of things but anyway things that are found in Sudafed and in vix Sudafed and vix those are banned in japan all right don't bring the Sudafed or vix to japan because they it is not illegal it is sorry it's not legal uh, Singapore, if you got sleeping pills, anti-anxiety pills, strong painkillers, don't know what classifies as strong painkillers. Uh, they, I would imagine that they would have some sort of list laying out the kind of things that are considered to be strong painkillers. But they require a license in Singapore. So if you're going to Singapore, they're going to see they're going to want to see that you have some sort of doctor's license 
uh, for your anti-anxiety pills, your sleeping pills, and the strong painkillers. Costa Rica says, hey, you should only bring enough medication for the length of your stay, and you need a doctor's note to confirm that this is the right amount. I've been to Costa Rica. I've traveled with some medicine, in fact, packed it in my uh, stuff that I checked, and I didn't have an issue. Um, but again, this is what I'm reading here. And I suggest if you are going to Costa Rica or to any of the places that we're talking about or to any of the places that we haven't talked about, you know, you might want to research uh, what is permissible and what isn't with regard to medicine. Uh, Cutter. I know a lot of people say Qatar, but it is actually pronounced Cutter. Cutter. The over-the-counter medicines such as cough and cough remedies are controlled substances. It's a strong term there, controlled substances. But, you know, people sip sip that scissor, that, that cough syrup, uh, so that, that doesn't sound too crazy to me. But those must be accompanied by a prescription. I think that's always a good rule of thumb is to have some sort of prescription. In China, it says tourists should always carry it so that we can segue into what China says. You should always carry a doctor's note when you are bringing any personal medicine when you're visiting China. Okay. So the next the next thing that we can talk about or that I, I, I want to bring up in this article is. <clears throat> oh. This is this is one to think about. A lot of the countries in the United Arab Emirates, including Dubai, uh, they sex outside of marriage is a highly punishable offense. So getting busy and you aren't married, um, i.e., what some people might call fornication is actually illegal. So we're talking about Muslim law. (coughs) So they gave an example, they gave an example. And I remember reading about this, that a woman claimed she was gang raped while she was in in Abu Dhabi, I believe. No, excuse me, in Dubai. Again, Dubai on the list again. And she went to report it and she ends up getting arrested. And they confiscated her passport and told her that she committed an offense by having sex outside of marriage. Now, the lady said she was raped, so this was not a consensual act, uh, which is really troubling on on a lot of different levels. But the case was dropped eventually, but she still had to go through being arrested in a foreign country and being gang raped and all of that. I mean, that's that's awful, awful, awful. Um, Yeah, so that that's something to think about and then they bring up a couple in Abu Dhabi when a unmarried couple discovered they were pregnant uh, or let me rephrase that because I, I didn't say that correctly but it says this a, a lady from the Ukraine and her boyfriend they let me read this uh, Ukrainian-born something, no high, discovered she was pregnant with her boyfriend's baby. Okay, so she discovered she was pregnant in the country, so maybe she had to go to, like, the hospital or something like that, but she discovered that she 
is pregnant. They're not married. They're visiting Abu Dhabi. And they were both arrested on charges of having sex before marriage. So now I'm sure people are having sex outside of marriage all the time. They just aren't getting caught. But these are examples of people that have got caught. And that to me, um, that's crazy to me that people can go to jail for having sex outside of marriage, which means pretty much everybody in this country (laughs) would go to jail if that were the case. So I think the I'm going to read you something verbatim. Uh, The travel advice for the UAE states it's against the law to live together. So that means live together or to share the same hotel. So if you and your BFF, who's of the opposite sex, are like, hey, let's go in on a room. um, It could be a problem. It could be a problem. I hear, though, at some of the more westernized resorts, they don't really enforce it or they don't really make a big deal. Uh, Now, I do not know which hotels uh, and that's what these groups and these communities that I was telling you about before, like Nomadness and Black Travel Movement, those those are good places to get information for people that have gone over there that can give you even better information about what it's like on the ground with regard to uh, this, this topic in these particular countries. So it says it's against the law to live together or to share the same hotel room with someone of the opposite sex to whom you aren't married or closely related. So maybe brother, sister... Being in a room might be fine. Mom, dad, kids, that might be fine. But anyone found guilty of doing so runs the risk of prosecution, imprisonment, or a fine. So that seems a bit vague because we're talking about who could be closely related. I mean, is it okay if your third cousin could share a room with you who's a girl and you're a guy? I don't know. But the UAE doesn't play. And I think it's important, I have to reiterate, it's important that you know before you make plans to go to any of these cities in the UAE. Now, like I said before, I know people that have gone and had really fabulous times. They've had an amazing time and nobody went to jail. Now, another Thing. Now, this is kind of a, this, you can only get fined for this, but if you're in Spain, certain Spanish regions in Barcelona have outlawed people wearing bikinis in the street, which probably is a good thing. I don't know if you should be walking around town in your bikini, um, but they have banned it. And if you're caught wearing your swimming costume on the street, you could pay up to 500 euro. So that's a nice chunk of change. So just just change your clothes before you go into town. Just keep the, the swimsuits at the beach. Australia says if you use a cuss word, offensive language, which again is kind of one of those broad, amorphous terms, um, and you would want to go to a website to kind of flesh out what offensive means in this context. But yeah, you can get in trouble there. And it says you can go to prison for up to six months if you're guilty of offensive language. So watch your mouth. (laughs) Watch your mouth. But I know a lot of Australians, or I've met a lot of Australians in my life, and 
they are really good at swearing. So I don't know how, how in the way that this is actually enforced on people. Um, I don't have the answer to that, but I'll tell you the, the Aussies I know cuss a lot. And maybe the Aussies I know were cussing a lot because they were here and they know they could cuss this here in the United States. I don't know. But anyway, so we will. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is one It's Singapore. This is another uh, appearance. Singapore makes another appearance here. So they're saying that you could get subject to a fine of $10,000, three years in jail for getting on somebody else's Wi-Fi. Now, I don't know how that works, but the, the law that governs this is the Computer Misuse and Cybersecurity Act that says that using someone else's Wi-Fi network is seen as hacking and you can get in some trouble. Wow. Now, I mean, most of the time, someone's Wi-Fi network is password protected, but... Uh, again, you would need to go to the computer misuse and cybersecurity act of Singapore's website to kind of flesh out what they mean. So you can have a little more context about the way this is, uh, enforced camouflage clothing, camouflage clothing, excuse me. Now I've heard about this Barbados. So, uh, Rihanna's country. So don't wear, and a lot of other, so it's a Caribbean thing, apparently, um, St. Vincent, St. Lucia, but you might want to make sure you don't wear camouflage clothing because they don't want, they're trying to prevent people from impersonating military personnel for criminal purposes. So apparently it was a thing at some point where people would put on camouflage and act like they were in some branch of the armed for armed forces for uh, that country. So yeah, don't, don't, don't wear your camouflage in Barbados. Let's see here. So the last one we'll talk about is Greece. Don't wear your high heels specifically around ancient monuments in Greece. Uh, They've been banned because there's some concern about how the damage these heels could do to some of the stones. So they don't want you to wear your heels in Greece. So anyway, those are I didn't do all 20. I just kind of touched on ones that I thought were the most interesting and shocking and useful. Um, I think some of them people are going to at least want to know before they make a decision to go abroad. So I want everybody to stay out of jail <laughs> abroad or or uh, or stateside. So as I stated before we got into this part of the podcast, just make sure that you are doing your research about things. And if you have questions about the medicine that you have that you need to take with you when you go abroad, um, you know, just hop online and, and do the research and perhaps even contact the country's consulate in in the U.S. to find out what you're able to take over there and what you aren't. All right. So let's talk about 
two of my favorite shows. The first one is Locked Up Abroad, um, which comes on national with Nat Geo, and that's been on for uh, excuse me for one second. I gotta, I'm always answering an email. I'm actually podcasting from the office. Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta today. Uh, shout out to East Atlanta. We've been living in East Atlanta for a couple of months now, and we really like being it's a in this community. It's a it's a cool blend of a lot of different things. <laughs> um, you've got a little bit of a bohemian hipster stuff going on. You have uh, a good bit of a traditional. Or I don't know if I should use the word traditional. That's a wrong way to say it. But a historically, there we go. A historically black community, um, Atlanta black community, and it's it's a cool blend of of, of both. So anyway, uh, let's talk about my shows. Locked up abroad, Nat Geo. It's been on for years. I've probably watched every episode of Locked Up Abroad. And I don't know why more people aren't watching it. I often bring it up to people and some people can't deal with it because they do such a fabulous job of telling the story. You feel like you are transported to that mental space that the, the, the main person or the person that's telling the story because the person that got locked up or had to deal with the criminal matter is telling you their story and then there's a dramatization so you feel everything that they feel and I think emotionally that's a bit much for people um for me I can separate you know myself from I can separate the idea that this is a dramatization this is someone's story from it actually happening to me. But some people don't like to go into that space where they have to think about what it might be like to be arrested, excuse me, to be arrested in a foreign country. But Locked Up Abroad, I don't believe the new season has started, but there are a lot of episodes available. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Nat Geo. Um... I know for a while it was on Netflix, so I'm sure there are a lot of platforms out there that have Locked Up Abroad, but I have a couple of favorite Locked Up Abroad episodes. My first favorite is, this is a Thailand, a lot of the, so let me tell you, most of the Locked Up Abroads involved drug smuggling, people willingly taking drugs from the U.S., or in many instances from England to a foreign country. And they know that there's a risk, but a lot of times people are very desperate. You sympathize with them. They need to pay for this or they have, they don't have money to do that. And this is a quick way to make a lot of money. Um, and they're often convinced that, you know, people get away with it and, you know, the risk of doing it is, isn't that high, but they do it anyway. So my favorite one, this was, I mean, the, the drama, 
the drama on these shows, because we all love drama. We all love a train wreck. We all love to be enthralled by what we see on TV, by a good story. And I feel like these are really good stories, sad and scary stories, but really good stories and cautionary tales, might I add. But Locked Up Abroad, my favorite episode of Locked Up Abroad involves a woman from Alabama who was going through this domestic thing with her ex-husband, who was, I think, really trying to kill her. And she gets an opportunity to smuggle some drugs. There's this Nigerian lady who gets her to go to Thailand, convinces her to go to Thailand, and to bring some drugs back to the U.S. She agrees to do it. She tells everyone that she's going to Thailand to get some sort of, like, nail. She convinces people that Thailand's, like, up on the nail technology, so she's going over to get some product and to bring it back. But she's really bringing back drugs. So she meets this woman... And they start dating. And the woman ends up fighting off the ex-husband. I want to say maybe she killed him involuntarily. But she's protecting this lady that she's dating. And she ends up getting a charge. And she's a law-abiding citizen up until to that point, never been in trouble. She's military, comes from a really great family, but she was protecting her friend. She gets a charge and she gets probation. So of course, the term of, one of the terms of her probation prevents her from leaving the state of Alabama. Well, this lady, the one who's about, you know, signed up to go to Thailand, She says to the woman that she's dating, the one who's on probation, hey, do you want to come with me to Thailand to pick up this product? And we'll go over there. We'll come back. Nobody will even know that you're gone. Well, the lady who's on probation, she says, yes, don't know why in the world she would do that. But she's like, you know what? I need I need a vacation. So she decides she needs to get away and she has a passport and the they're able to get a ticket for her apparently so they go to thailand so the whole time they're in thailand well not the whole time but at least at the beginning she had no idea that they were there to do a drug deal so when it's time to do the drug deal the other lady starts acting crazy she starts acting pretty erratic and the lady on probation figures out Hey, uh, we're here to be drug mules. Whoa, what's going on? And they get in a situation with some of the drug dealers over there. Uh, there's a dispute. And during that dispute, she figures out that that is what they came to Thailand to do. So she's between a rock and a hard place. Because if she doesn't do it, then they can get potentially killed by these ruthless drug dealers 
And she needs to get back to Alabama before somebody realizes that she's gone. Because she's violated that probation and then she's in some scalding hot water. She's in, in big, big, big trouble. So they try to get out of Thailand and I don't want to spoil it, but since it's called Locked Up Abroad, we know people are going to jail. But there are other parts of the story, too. So I'm not going to tell the entire story. So they try to get out of the airport and they did such a feeble job at trying to disguise the drugs. I think they had the drugs in like a ball and it was very obvious for the person operating the scanner to see that there's this abnormality. Uh, And they probably have a lot of training in Thailand since that's a country where there's a lot of drug trafficking that occurs. But there's a scene which is probably one of the most uh, at the edge of your pants kind of scenes where they're trying to go through customs. And one lady, the first lady clears, the mastermind clears. We'll call her the mastermind. She clears and then it was the lady that was on probation that actually had the drugs. She actually volunteered because I guess she felt like she could do a better job of, of, of disguising the drugs and getting through security. So she tries to go through security and she's not able to clear security because they want to look at her bag. They go in the bag, they find the drugs. And now meanwhile, old girl is, you know, chilling at the gate waiting on her friend to come and the authorities come to get her they end up getting her and they detain both of them uh, at the airport and a lot of these countries do this humiliating thing where they take a picture with they take a picture of the people the mules and they're sitting in front of all the drugs and this this photo goes out to the world essentially, and they show the real picture. Some of it, some of it's a dramatization, and sometimes you're able to get bits and pieces of video or or photographs of the the actual people and sort of the actual situation. So uh, yeah, so they humiliate you further <coughs> by making you take a picture in front of the drugs that you brought. So I'm not going to tell you what happens because they do go to prison and there's another part of the story. But it's really the any time that it comes on, I watch it because I just feel like it's one of the most uh, flying by the seat of your pants, riveting TV experience that you can have. So Locked Up Abroad, people. I don't know why people are not watching Locked Up Abroad because it is amazing. And the other show, which my wife and I, we are obsessed with this show. I don't know if I should even share how obsessed we are with this show, but it's called 90 Day Fiance. We discovered this show maybe about two years ago, and we have been hooked ever since. I don't know why everybody's not watching this show, because again, this is some drama. And it's travel-related because it involves uh, folks who fall in love, they live in different countries, and the whole premise is about... Uh, the, the journey of, of bringing them over here. And a lot of times in the United States, you have 90 days to get married. You can bring them over here on a K visa. You have 90 days to get married before they can 
start moving toward their green card. And other countries have similar laws because there are other versions of the show. So there, there's, let's see, there are different versions of 90 Day Fiance. This comes on the Learning Channel on TLC. There's 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. There's just straight up 90 Day Fiance. Then there's Before the 90 Days. There's a story before somebody comes to the U.S. Uh, then there's 90 Day Fiance the other way. So that's where you have the American that's leaving the U.S. and they're going to the foreign country to be with uh, the person that they love in the foreign country. So it is raucous. It is enthralling. It is some good old drama. Uh, and like I said, everybody loves a train wreck. And these, a lot of these couples are absolute train wreck. Now, it's hard to decipher what's real and what's not. So, I mean, this is for entertainment. Anybody that watches reality show, you got to take reality TV with a grain of the proverbial salt. Because we, they're trying to make a show that's entertaining. And, you know, they may take some liberties. So, I think anyone who watches reality TV knows that. So, uh, but again, this is all for entertainment, but these are some train wrecks. Some of these couples are train wrecks and I can't wait to talk and hopefully engage with people as they watch the show, as we talk about these couples, because some of these couples are hot freaking messes. They are, they are fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if it's responsible for me as a human being to take some sort of pleasure in, in seeing, uh, these things that couples have to deal with that are painful and, and unfortunate but uh again it's it's all for entertainment i don't think we should take it too seriously um and if they took it that seriously they wouldn't be on the show in the first place one thing that i learned is that they don't make a lot of money they get paid a thousand dollars per episode so they don't make a bunch of money so because some some of the characters are financially struggling and you're like well i watch teen mom and those girls on Team Mom, you know, they might have a job, but they do okay financially. Like, they live in great houses and drive great cars and have expensive purses. So you can see that they make money from the show. And I think I read they make 140 k per season. But that's not the case with TLC. They don't make that kind of money. Um, perhaps this creates a platform for these people on the show to make money in other ways but it's a wildly popular show you may have heard about it if you aren't watching it watch it uh now it's been on for a while and you know a lot of these couples are into third fourth fifth season so uh but i do think it's a show that you would probably need to watch to go back to some of the earlier episodes to watch the the progression uh the trajectory of of uh, the the couple's marriage journeys. So yeah, 90 Day Fiance, like I said, there's 90 Day What Now? So these are some old school people. There's Happily Ever After, Before the 90 Days. I know right now we're at the end of the season for 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, uh, which probably my favorite of of the out of all of them um but they should be heading toward the season finale yeah i think they're headed toward the season finale but there there are there are some stories um there's one story 
involving a Jamaican fellow named Jay and his wife, Ashley, that has been a saga. It has been this ongoing saga. He's cheated on her a couple of times and... You know, she, you think that she's not going to take him back, but she does take him back. And he's actually, and this part hasn't been recorded, or maybe it was recorded. Maybe they taped this and we just haven't seen it yet. But presently, he's in being detained by ICE. So he's potentially could be deported, uh, which is something that she wanted at one point, And then she changed her mind. But uh, it, it, it's got people split. A lot of people have a different opinions about what she did and whether or not that was wrong or right. Now, I'm of the opinion that I don't believe cheating is criminal. And what she did is she found a way to kind of criminalize what he did to her. And he ended up going to jail, jail. And now he's in ICE detention because of his immigration status. He hadn't become... Uh, a green card holder yet. Now, I did some immigration law work. Um, in fact, I made the highest grade in my immigration law class when I was in law school. But we'll find out more. I mean, every you know situation, the facts in everybody's situations, it's different. So that way the laws apply differently. So I don't know a lot about his particular circumstance, but uh, she, they did not, he did not get a green card. So there is no real legal basis for him to be in the country. Um, now, does that mean he'll get deported? We don't know. That's not necessarily the case. But anywho, there's a lot of strong opinions about her and and a lot of drama surrounding their particular situation. I know Jay's sister has chimed in and started sharing all this stuff about Ashley and her past and her having a sugar daddy and... Uh, you know, even Ashley's mama, like, yeah, it, it, it is a mess, but it is fun to watch. Uh, and I suggest everybody watches it. Everybody sh- uh, at least tune in to see if you like it. But I think you're going to like it. But yeah, there's some other couples that are train wreck train wrecks as well. There's Larissa and Colt, which is kind of an odd couple. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're going to talk more about the this show and these couples but yeah 90 day fiance like i said they're different versions of the show because it's just exploding and it's wildly popular so people want more so they're they're that's what they're doing tlc's giving us more that comes on tlc and locked up abroad comes on on nat geo uh locked up abroad they've I don't know. They feel like they've halted production on those shows. I'll get back to you all about the the future of Locked Up Abroad. But if you've never watched Locked Up Abroad, there's a whole uh, body of work that'll keep you occupied for quite some time. Um, if if that's what you want to watch. At any rate, uh, that's going to be the end of this podcast. My, I am running out of. I need some water. <laughs> I have talked myself to dry mouth, to cotton mouth. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the podcast uh, today. Again, I thank everybody for tuning into podcast one and and follow me 
on whatever platform you may find this podcast and tell a friend. If you know a friend that likes to talk about travel related topics, that likes to engage in these kind of things, tell them about my podcast and um, hopefully they'll follow along too and we can all be a part of this community. But again, thanks for tuning in to Be Hoop Travels. See you next time.